Hello and welcome to this, the fifth episode of the newest season of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast brought to you as always by MGA Traffic, your one-stop shop for traffic, transport and waste. We're joined, of course, by MGA's main man. He's the big winner at the casino tonight, Fava Ganoush. Buonasera ragazzi. What's going on in the world of MGA? Got any good projects? Spring Ridge coming along? <laughs> Spring Ridge is done and dusted. But, Excellent. Uh, yeah, a few. Looks uh, great. It does. It looks great. Uh, a couple of nice projects uh, that are on the move at the moment. Out at the, you're looking for a graphic designer out at the, um, yeah. Brim, was it Brimbank Council? Which council is it? No, no. Out at the uh, Maribyrnong. Maribyrnong Council. Got yep. some works out there. Looking for yep. a graphic designer to do some freelance. How's that coming yeah, along? Potentially. Got any news on that? Well, have you? I asked you for it yesterday and you've not brought it up today. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, get me some more information. And that was the last I heard of it. We've been speaking for four doing and a half hours. Doing a little bit more work for our boy. and um, Oh, Ed. Yep. So, uh, Still out in Torquay Way? And Torquay Way. So. Are they doing, they're t- converting the old head office? I'm not sure if we, uh, <laughs> the uh, confidentiality would allow, oh, allow us to elaborate. But uh, you're doing good things then, Torquay. Well, I have been privy to very basic uh, elements of that you were project. part of the project, Sean. I was part of the early stages of the project, probably the highlight of the early starters, the stages of the project, doing some <laughs> great work out there. Had to get out there for 6am, I believe, one morning, um, which was a, an early rise. Early rise. Um, but yeah, that's that's something to look forward to for the uh, the people out there. Yeah. Uh, how have you been, Fab, otherwise? Coronavirus free. I We're going to talk about that. Uh, and joined us, of course, as always, he's at his best pre-season yet, Coach Davis. Sean, how are you? Yeah, well, thank. Are you coronavirus free? As far as me personally and the footy team, yeah. as far as I know, yes. Well, that's a good result. It's well, a good start. if one of us has got it, the rest of us will have it soon enough. Well, this is true. It's exactly right. <laughs> um, as always, you can find us on our Twitter handles, the Prender underscore Cast, uh, and then each individually. Uh, Timbo is at Hoff forty seven. I've got no idea what the Hoff is to do with. Not, not, not after Tim Davis or Coach Davis. Well, we could change it one day, but uh, I, I was always a big fan of the Hoff. Yeah, always thought he was a bit kitschy. Did you ever watch uh, Baywatch Nights? No, no, never stooped that. Sounds low. like a porno. There was a time um, when the X Files was really popular, and Baywatch was inexplicably popular, where they did like a X Files type show. It was called Baywatch Nights. So he would Mitch would do his lifeguard duties during the day, and then go go and solve paranormal crimes at night. So he wouldn't sleep basically, and he'd be back on you know, first shift the next morning. But there were two shows. It was horrible, but it ran for a while. I love how you had to clarify that. Just wanted to make sure before anyone went out and checked it out. Uh, Fabiano G7. Fabiano underscore G7. G7. For Fabian. Doesn't tweet a whole lot. Doesn't tweet back if you tweet him. I do. (laughs) I don't check it continually. And me, Sean, Peter Budge, all one word. Uh, We're going to kick off tonight's show with a little bit of fun and frivolity and, and the like, as we like to do before we... Lean into the darker stuff. Um, it's like a Batman movie. His parents get killed at the start and it gets better slowly. <laughs> Figures out a way to deal with it. Old Martha and... Uh, yeah, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Wait, no, wait, hold on. Is that his name? I've just drawn a... I'm not gonna Who, J- Bruce Wayne's dad? Yeah. Dwayne. Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> Dwayne Wayne. Dad and I were joking about this. We were watching Escape from New York the other night and Snake Plissken's name... You kind of just assume that his name is something else and his nickname is Snake, but he's S.D. Pliskin. So they never, like, we were like, what is his name, like, Simon Pliskin? Or, so it was a running joke. It was quite funny, like, throughout the film, and they're like, get me Pliskin. And then he's like, get me Norman Pliskin. And then every time you change the name. Ah, uh, like, see. you know, Percival or something. Or So what's Bruce Wayne's parents' name? Is it Jonathan? It's uh, Thomas. 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 Jonathan Kent. 
I have no idea who that is. Superman's dad's name. Superman's name's, dad. Yeah, yeah, Superman's yeah. Jonathan. Marlon Brando? No. Uh, oh, his uh, farmhouse dad. Yeah, Kevin Costner in the newest one. Yeah, I haven't and, watched it. Uh, that Western guy, what's his name? It's not important. Played him in his, <laughs> I was going to say, but um, we digress. Cliff Robertson played uh, Peter Parker, Ben Parker, his uncle. Anyway, um, you know, like we get to this stage of the year, don't we? It's in all sports you see it. Dad and I always have the phrase... Um, you know, they, they, they always go for one more Ashes tour. Everyone thinks they've always got one more tour in them. And you see it at this time, you know, you're watching things and you're kind of going, oh, I might have gone on one too many. And Jeez, I think he's I think he's, I think he's he's gone on one too many tours here. Who, your mate? No, me. Oh. Indoor soccer, I've done my thigh again. Oh, oh really? Oh, no. After my two-year layoff, I came back. I was looking good. I was looking sharp. I uh, played a couple games and then pinged my thigh and that was annoying. Then I had about four weeks off, no rehab, no treatment. Just thought I'll let it heal Yourself, a uh, bit of osmosis. I self-diagnosed myself as needing just a bit of a break. Yeah, self-quarantine. It was feeling good. Stayed away from the <laughs> I did. I stayed away from the indoor centre. It was feeling all right. I got to the point where I'd forgotten which thigh was injured. So which I thought is good. That was a great sign. Yes. Um, and then against my better judgment, I thought, okay, we'll, we'll play tonight and then we'll play a second game because we need, can we play a second game? So I was like, oh, I don't That's know. That's the opposite of easing yourself back into it. I was getting to no, well, in the first game, I just walked around because it was like a fill-in game. I didn't do anything. I just took it real easy. And then in the second game, right at the very end, I went, oh, oh there it is. So I feel a bit like Daniel Craig in a James Bond film. I've got to retire. Or, or Harley Bunnell. <laughs> oh, Harley's Har- out again, isn't Harley he? and I yeah, could have a support yeah. group for one another. We each, we're, trying to, you know, we're trying to do the right thing by our teammates. We're trying to you know, relive the dream. What have I got to achieve, Fab? What have I got left to achieve in the game of indoor soccer? Nothing. Nothing. How many many more plastic trophies do you need, Sean? No, I've got 15 of them at home. I think I've got eight winners and seven losers. We don't keep the losers. We give out losers trophies, do they? You get like a runners-up. That's a slap in the face, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I've got them, though. (laughs) I don't don't have anything to achieve, Fab. Why am I putting myself through it? Well, you're the one talking, mate. You're the one saying it. We all do it. You did it. You came out of retirement for that one game and injured your back in the (laughs) warm-up. No, I had an injured back before, and it just that just. I don't remember last time I played actually. Oh, since that then. was that that was that game. A no, ball, but even before that, I've been out for a while. A ball literally rolled two inches away from him, and he couldn't move to stop. Sean it. and I went for a kick in the park probably three, four months ago. I'm still sore, and honestly, my hip is still stuffed. So it sucks, doesn't it? Like I even running around. I'm in full retirement. Running around last, I was kind of running around a little bit like Gary Ablett Jr. on the weekend. I was running around going, "Why am I doing this?" It's like. I was never a great player, but like I had a bit of pace. I was like, I've got no pace anymore. I jumped in the pool about two and a half weeks ago and I was yellow, able to swim. Yellow budgies? Yellows? No, 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 Dust the them off? Went on. It's like Bruce Wayne going to the. the <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I got 70 metres. Yeah. I was done. You're like, I'm done. I was done. And it was like. Was it the most disheartening moment of your life? Well, the funny thing was, I thought <laughs> I've got two weeks of training left to be able to get myself in some sort of shape to swim 400 metres for the corporate triathlon, which I later realised that I couldn't be Why a part of. Only... I love how Jim's just focusing on, I just need to do 400 metres of swimming. Not to mention he's going to have to then do a run No, you're just doing the swimming cycle. leg, aren't you? No, 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 because it's a team triathlon, and so I was only doing the swim leg. Ah. Yeah, so I only had to do a 400 metre swim, and I got to the 70 metre mark at the Aqua Arena in Doncaster, and I thought... Outdoor pool? Outdoor pool. Yep. Love the outdoor pool. And I thought... I ain't but getting, did you? I ain't did you just go a little bit too hard? 
Well, because I wish no, I could say yes. I wasn't trying to swim fast. I was just trying to swim. You're just trying to get the rhythm yeah, back. It was all about rhythm and and you know timing and technique and uh, and the body's gone. Yeah, Timmy, you uh, you ain't that good at this anymore. I was technique. It's, it's was been flawless. a while since you were at technique your prime. was flawless. But it was just slow. I just well, no, I, I probably had reasonable pace, but I just couldn't keep going. I, I left the centre Doncaster Action Indoor Sports thinking. That might be the last dance. <laughs> I don't know if I could be bothered anymore. Did you anymore. turn and look back at it? No, nah, I just kept walking. <laughs> just thought, I thought, no looking. It's a man that knows that he's done. I thought, no looking back, no wistful you know, recollections of, geez, that night we won the flag. Or, no, none remember. of that. I just walked away thinking, I could comfortably never step foot in this joint again. <laughs> I don't remember the last time, I reckon it's 15 years ago, that I played sport. And then from a cardio perspective, I was... Knackered because everything else would give way before <laughs> before the heart and lungs. Like, would. I know I've got no lung capacity at all, but the calves and the thighs and everything were burning <laughs> to a point where I'm like, but you know what the thing? Where's is, it all gone? No, like the thing for me too is that because obviously I'm on the push bike day to day. I'm still sore like two days after this game. Yeah, and I'm like, I just like waking up and feeling fine, and going into work, and getting on the bike. Rolling around, not going. Geez, that hill at the bottom of Wembley Gardens is a real bitch. <laughs> my, no Wembley Gardens. My thighs too. are burning from last night's game. I used to work at uh, Donvale Rehabilitation Centre, which backs on to people uh, keep Wembley thinking. Gardens. People keep thinking that's on my round, yeah, and expecting me to deliver its mail. I got a news flash for them. It's not, so I'm not. <laughs> if, I don't have anything for you. If that address, but if you're in the area, just give Sean a that's, shout. That's the attitude. If the address is not on my frame, I'm not delivering their letters. I can't help you. <laughs> They think you drive past it. You go, I don't care. Um, so that's a nice way to touch base with just how old we are and unfit. Oh, we are cooked. It's time We're to cooked. give it away. I'm thinking when, when my mate sends through the text about the game next week, I'm real touch and go whether I just say, I'm, cooked. I'm done, I'm retired. I'm out. And just hang, hang the boots up. You know what the tragedy is? I had to buy a new pair of shin guards, which I did, and they were pretty good. And I've had a career-ending injury. Um 45 minutes after putting them on. The older I get, the better I was. <laughs> Love it. Um, so we're going to touch base, obviously now go through the big issues in footy as they all relate to Carlton. Now pre-season, the match against Brisbane, the ongoing corona panic. Uh, Tim's here to update his top 10 as we've uh, witnessed three pre-season hit-outs, including the Collingwood game. Um, and we're also going to have a bit of fun at the end. We've put together a special... Uh, for people who were listening to SEN this morning, there was a lot of chatter fueled by Alistair Clarkson's comments about changing the game and doing this and making it better. So just as a bit of a case study, we've cut Alistair Clarkson's interview on SEN up to give it a bit of context, without context, what it would sound like if he was an Alistair Clarkson Hawthorne coach. So that's a bit of fun for the end. Do you agree, Fabian? I haven't heard the finished product, but hopefully. Yeah, okay. Well, you know. Surprises. Uh, we'll start off with the coronavirus. It seems like now with the NBA being put on hold, it's only a matter of time before the AFL slavishly follows suit and does the same. They like to copy everything else American sports do, so this will be another one of them. Um, shout out to Alex Billen. Dead said Alex is like Sarah Connor at the, the gates, you yeah. know, at the playground in T2 at the moment. <laughs> when they have the apocalypse. Yeah, like everyone else is going about their lives like coronavirus is not a problem and he's like shaking the fence. It's like... How, how long have I told yeah, you about I've this? I've told you this is coming. He's he's like the proverbial dog with two dicks as this thing breaks containment. He could not be happier. That's him standing at his front door looking out because he's got toilet paper stacked oh, up right yeah. behind him. You can just see his eyes above the <laughs> rolls of toilet paper. Dead set. He, they better watch he's out. He's got two rolls look, put 90 degrees the other way so he can <laughs> see through the roll. Dead set. I reckon 
I reckon he and he and the missus might be moving to man on man in nine months' time. The way Alex is feeling tonight with all this news breaking. Oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's yeah, he's hard as stone. He's fired up. So watch <laughs> out, Bub Two's on the way. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> so for, obviously, Tim, you know, with the lockout news coming, uh, our season kicks off in literally. I think it's seven fifty in literally seven now. days time. Yes. What are the chances in your mind? Obviously, we're not experts on this sort of stuff. But do Dr. you, Doctor Davis? Doctor Davis, <laughs> that's why I'm asking you. Do you? What do you think? Likelihood that we are at the MCG next Thursday night watching the bounce. It probably depends on our next forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. I mean now that now that there's a few celebrity cases that have funny been announced things. and uh, you know we've had a couple of schools that have shut down and if if you're gonna try and put ninety thousand people in the one spot at a pretty tenuous time, um, how confident is the AFL that we're not unduly exposing people to an issue? And and as we've said before um, some people just need to be saved from themselves sometimes. So, what, what do I? Th- I think we'll still go. I, I, I think I think we'll still be able to go, but I would. But I think there will be there will definitely be games played this year where it's behind closed doors. I think I, I'm almost certain. Personally, of my attitude is I almost just think just postpone the year. The more I think about it, the more I go, who benefits? from playing games behind closed doors. Because that's not what the game's about. But people are getting paid and they're on contract. Well, extenuating circumstances. No, look, I absolutely This fits you. into the broader conversation that has been happening. Carl's on... paying 105% of the salary cap oh, this year. True. We want some bang for our buck. But this, this, is, uh, this flows beautifully into the topic that's been a little bit of traction on Twitter and online about how does this affect membership outlays? How does this affect what is affect a consumer product? which has been sold, and if it is not delivered as advertised, what is, A, the repercussions, what is the the avenues for the fan, and what is the repercussions for the clubs? And in the case of a salary cap, I think it, it fits into this. Surely the AFL and the Carlton Football Club and the Collingwood Football Club have business insurance, extenuating you know, extraordinary circumstances, that we should not be expected, or you know, members, should not be expected to just wear the cost and, and as we say, from an insurance perspective, you always hear insurers always talking about how they don't cover acts of God. Well, a pandemic is a—it's a virus. Mm. It's a—it's it's a living, breathing thing. This is—this is—this is around. This exists. This is not an act of God. Well, this is not a lightning strike. No, that's exactly right. And even then, you'd say, "Well, is that an act of God?" I'm sure. never quite sure about that. You know, the flood, the I cyclone, haven't seen all the that sort of Billy stuff. Connolly movie. No, no, but I would. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see what does happen throughout the year from an insurance perspective because there'll be a lot of questions being asked because it's there are going to be events, organisations, happenings that are going to be impacted. So nailing colours to the mask. My immediate impact is if if the games are played behind closed doors or they are cancelled, then particularly when it relates to reserve seat memberships, those memberships have to be prorated. I they, think they have to. Be. They have to be either refunded in part. For whatever the affected games, if it's a GA, it's it's very difficult because that's not a commitment to have gone to the match. That's right. That that's just opportunity to get you in the door. Yes. And but once you're paying for your seat and you're not allowed to sit in it and use it and be entertained, there may be a baseline cost to all these members memberships of yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars. Each the two hundred and fifty um, is the donation. It's the extra over. Well, for... each basically each from my experience, each a home game at the MCG seat 
depending on where that seat is, obviously, has a cost attributed. Yep. Um, same thing for an away game, for an Etihad and the like. So you would you would be able to very easily figure out if we've missed out one away game at the MCG, one home game at Marvel Stadium, uh, one away game at Marvel Stadium, the cost very easily adds up to yep. X dollars. Fans should not be expected to wear that. I agree. And to be honest, neither should clubs. Like I said, there would have to be levers and mechanisms in there. But And what is the trigger? Is it, as you say, it's a business insurance claim that then you know everything comes back to... You know, John Q. Public, or does it become class action by the people headed up by the Slater and Gordons of the world? I think that's what it could become. Yeah, yeah. If they don't play ball, fascinating. Very, Fabian. Do you have any thoughts on that? You've been very silent. There's nothing to add. Is your mic plugged in? It is. <laughs> Excellent. Um, obviously, extended tonight. Uh, the Northern Blues played a match against Coburg, a practice match uh, behind closed doors for the second week running. They they kind of did the same thing, obviously, last week. It wasn't corona-related on Sunday. No. It was, I don't know, some it's a bit weird. contractual thing between the VFL and it's, AFL. It's like, I'm not sure how many people would have gone down, particularly when the but, match yeah. was but the VFL solely VFL-listed players. VFL yes. was behind closed doors, and then they opened, up, opened the gates up for the um, Brisbane game, which I don't know if that affected numbers. Because there wasn't, a, didn't look like a whole lot of people. It's a bit like that though. When we when we first went back there and we played a couple North Melbourne, Essendon, they were big, big turnouts because there was the nostalgia of going back to the old ground. And but we've sort of do it every year now. Yeah. So that the the true believers stick around mm. and go every week type thing. And uh, like there's a guy on my round who's a big Carlton fan who went along on the weekend. You know, get a couple of the theatre goers. But generally speaking, I think it's reverted back to it's a preseason game. Yeah. No, I don't need to. It's like the um, especially when it's on TV. The trial. Or the the intra club with Collingwood, it, you know, I expected a lot more people there for that. Given the two clubs, it was, it was, it was next to no one. Yeah. It was what time did it Tony start? Tony was very fearful that it uh, oh, Tony, four started at four. Tony got there at one. <laughs> he wanted to make sure he got a park, and then didn't park next to the ground, next to the venue. <laughs> Where did he park? I don't know, but somehow me and Tim were closer. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, wow. He uh, was closer to Barclay Street. He was telling me anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those things, you know, he turned the corner and goes, there's a spot there, I've got to take this one, there might not be one close. He's <laughs> in two suburbs yeah. away. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, well, obviously this is an unfolding thing and, and whether you think it's a overreaction like some, me, or, uh, you know, it's something to be more closely watched, I think it's inevitable that we're heading towards whether it be lockouts or postponements or whichever way you want to phrase it, which is, uh, which be, it's unprecedented, you know, particularly for us, so... We'll watch that with great interest. Um, move on now, obviously, to the match on Sunday evening against the Lions. Um, we feel a bit like uh, deja vu. We're on an echo in here yeah. you know, from last week. Carlton game. fans are so starved of success. We want it when it doesn't matter. And we walk away from this game. We played some decent stuff at times. Played some really good footy. You know, we're a bit sketchy here and there. That's fine. Every team over the weekend was sloppy in parts. We, we did walk away, surely, with some positives. Without a doubt, and and I guess the only thing that I'm always trying to do is just check myself because I am very much the cup half full, and and wow. I'll, I'll always tell you the good news stories coming out of games and all of that sort of stuff. But and I don't ignore the negatives, um, but you just sort of sit there and going, well, what 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 do I want to take on board, and and. Even I, and you listen to a lot of the things or see the things that are happening on Twitter and you sit there and you're going, oh, geez, yo, have I overstated where I think we're at? And I think in the fullness of time since 
I've I've tempered my um, my original thoughts, and I, I think we're going okay. I, I, as we, there were elements in the game where we weren't stellar. We didn't yep. we didn't defend well around the ball. We gave them very cheap opportunities. And we've always talked about good teams that kick easy goals. Jeez, Brisbane kicked some easy goals. And all, they, they, they got sent that once they got a sentence in, in the midfield. Yep, it was we had no count. Almost automatic. Yep, and they missed they missed goals. Oh. They missed a lot of goals, and they they could have made it. Like as we've sort of said, yeah, you know, at the very beginning of the last quarter, it was ten points of difference, and and they'd gotten a couple of cheapies, and and we very, very easily could have still been in front. Obviously, one of the big notes out of the game that people didn't realise until afterwards, and I'm, I'm sure you were like me, Tim, at the game, it's very difficult to keep a track of this sort of stuff. Well, the Lions played with two more rotations. Yep. And that's happened the last few pre-seasons. And, and that's not a knock play. on the Lions because a lot no. of teams will do that. You're, you're allowed to do it. We've done it to you know, get runs into other into players and to play more, give them greater exposure, to you know cover for resting him or him having him on managed minutes. So that's that's fine. It's not a knock on them at all, but it certainly goes a long way to explaining why they finish stronger. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And know. the fact that, like you said, we were 10 points down halfway through the last, but we're like a goal up at halftime, a goal up at quarter time. We should have been further. We should have been way much, much further. You know, I'm not pinning it all on this, but, you know, Murph's got a shot for goal about 25 metres yeah. out, almost directly in front. Now, I don't know what the hell he did. So, but you it, know, was, look, it was things like that. He popped it over to Eddie to try to. Yeah. Easy goals like that we don't take. And then Jack Newman's running past to get the ball. I mean, if it's Nick Newman or one of the guys who's an absolute wrecking From Eddie. Eddie's just going to get hungry. Eddie, wasn't it? Eddie was on 40 and he was probably at his limit, but I'd rather... I, I mean, I would rather see Eddie take the shot. I mean, if Eddie injured a groin or a hamstring going for too much in a practice match, you'd sit there and you're going, that's disappointing. But I just, I don't know. I, I would have had half a dozen blokes mm. easily ahead of Jack Nunes trying to take that shot. But look, all power to him. He's a senior type player. It was probably it was probably the right call. He just didn't execute. It's, 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 on, it's on the bloke also calling for the football. Yeah, absolutely. If you, you call and, for and it. If you ask for it, you've got to kick the goal. You've got to kick the goal. So yeah. I thought our trans, like when we were dominant, our transition football was probably what let us down most. We're going to get to that in RFIs, Fabian. Okay. Um, I suppose on the shout-outs front, obviously we cover positives first. Um, Sam Walsh, you know, again, oh. following on from his, his great performance uh, against Frio, where he led the midfield. I laughed at you when you said he may be our best player. Yeah, he Because obviously be. the answer everyone would Crips. suggest is Cripps, but... And no, I'm not saying that mm. Sam Walsh is better than Paddy Cripps. I did, right I did give moment. myself the... Little asterisk with he might be our best player. He he's almost in every play, every series. Every, yep. He's just his follow up work, and then people. I hate when people just point to oh his disposal here. And he's, he's getting the ball in the trenches. Yep, they mustn't watch. And this is the media. You know, in the aftermath of this game, typically they gave the darlings Tim Swannies a free pass. The Swannies got done by 16 goals by a GWS team missing two-thirds of its best team. They rolled out against North Melbourne last week and were a little bit better. They still lost the game. Nah, good positive signs for the Swannies. Don't worry about that. Richmond haven't won a game. Richmond haven't won a game. Adelaide Hawthorne looked really woeful. Hawthorne looked mediocre. Yeah. Oh, nah, Clarko will figure something out. What are we, we're with us. You sit there going, why does our two losses matter more than everyone else's? Because we sell papers. Absolutely. Um I love how Jared, because Jared's on the coverage. Yes. And at three quarter time, Jared's actually singing our praises a bit. You know how we've performed, and you know, seeing the positives. Chuck on three AW on a on a on a Monday night it would have been because mm. we had the public eye. It was a bit confusing, but Tiggy was on there, 
And Jared, you know, was obviously having to sing from a different hymn sheet. He was, you know, he's changed his tune, talking about how everything was dysfunctional, that forward line. He's promoting Tom DeConning ahead of We're going to get to Tom Mitch DeConning. McGovern. So. Um, the other, the other super positive for us, I thought, again, uh, fairly similar to Freo, to be brutally honest. Jack Martin, uh, we obviously got a better look at him. And he had a couple, he missed here to kick early, just in terms of getting that tempo right as he transitioned the ball. But he is, he is class. When he looks in, inside oh, and he the, hits the, that, the, hits the that kick. Levi, was it? Jack. Was Jack Silvana here? Yeah, it, it just, it just, it was too. It just put it in. the That's space. the one he hit on the forty-five. He also yeah. hit one on the ninety, where he's gone from the wing straight into the centre. I can't remember who that was to. It's just like, it just, it's centimetre perfect. It's that thing where we spoke about. He just makes it look easy. Economy he's, of effort. He's good in the air. Yes. If he needs to be tough, he's tough. He can chase and lay a tackle. He's got a very, very complete game. I think there's. He's, he's going to give us a lot of dynamism across half forward. Being able to push into the middle, yep. being able to hit that last kick inside fifty, which is the most important kick in footy, and, and he could do it. We saw him do flat it, out. Yeah. Uh, which was super impressive. Another real positive from the night, particularly early, uh, Paddy Dow played a good game. Got a lot of the ball, got himself in the right position. Seems to still be handballing a lot. Uh, I think that I, I'm, the more I see him, the more I think that is absolutely a directive. Because um, his kicking can be inconsistent, yeah. but the way he was able to get his hands on the ball in tight, distribute. Um, he had that fantastic gather and turn of speed, obviously, which set up the goal for Eddie Betts. And you sit there and you go, we're, we're saying you do the things we can, we know you can do more often. Yep. And we've and they've said, we're going to play to your strengths. He looks like he's doing it. He looks like he's enjoying it. And and there are so many people that have written this bloke off and you sit there and you're going, you're in your third year. You know, you're, what, 20? Yeah, just, Maybe just 20. Even, even, just in the, 20. even in the coverage, they're focusing on... They just they look at his stats, yeah, and they basically they say they should be having twenty five. And it's sort of like, where were you, blokes, when Sil Rioli was being lauded as the best player in the competition, getting eleven possessions a game? Yeah, yeah, it just it, it, it belies logic sometimes. And and what what you what you're demanding of players and who you think that they are, sometimes they're just Paddy Dow. Do and maybe our... assess Paddy Dow and Paddy Dow not going, oh, what's he doing relative to what Hugh McCluggage was doing at the same time or something like that? Do we sometimes have our tinfoil hats on? I know we can be guilty of it from time to time, but it just feels like a lot of our young guys are marked very harshly relative to the curve. Probably, but it might, again... It might but... be because we pay closer attention to the criticism, but yeah, it feels yeah. like a guy like Paddy Dow is... We all know that that kicking's a bit of a shortcoming, but he's got great hands, his vision's good, um, his sidestep's amazing. Sidestep is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Once he gets that motor, once he actually backs himself into his pace, he can clear the traffic. Yep. He's got a lot of weapons. And we oh, seem well, to be does, focusing on the negatives. You know, what he, you know what I love? He's not quick. He's got a change of pace. Change of pace, yeah. It's acceleration. So he's, he's not yeah. well, by no means you slow, but all of a sudden he'll go from one pace to... He'll put the afterburners on for that little... Burst, and he will take guys on, and he knows even at senior AFL level, he's got the toted bit to say, "I've got you covered." And you he, he, he's sometimes got. he does get caught just at the very end, but at that stage, he's not getting wrapped up, and mm. he's still got time to get rid of the ball. He's so. got that uh, movie change of gear. Yes, you know, like they don't have another gear, but it's always when they need to pass someone. Mm. Oh, I've got another gear. Just there it is. Dom Toretto does that a lot. I think your comment before where you were sort of saying, why why do we get focused on? Why does he get focused on? I think it just comes back to Carlton. Yes. The machine that is Carlton has talked itself up about its reset, its rebuild. We've talked about what we've done. We've 
you know, Silvani's role has been heavily, heavily focused. So every single one of these big key um, elements that have been added, they try and pick apart. And you go, has it worked? Has this happened? You know, we've heard people that have shit can Jacob Weider and go, he's no good. It's going, oh, well, hold your horses, guys, because uh, you've got a hell of a surprise coming if you haven't been paying attention. And again, you know, third preseason. Paddy Dow's taken a step. He's continuing to improve. How good will he be in two and three years' time? Well, I'm looking forward to finding out. Absolutely, that's the journey. That's, that's part the of the journey. journey of waiting, waiting. Yep. You're not waiting, but you know, watching these players develop yep. and and sh- turn those glimpses into more co- consistent sort of output. We we see whether it be Lockie O'Brien or Zach Fisher or Paddy mm-hmm. Dow or Jacob Weidering and. Um, even a guy we're going to talk about a little bit in room for improvements, but like you see, like a Will Setterfield, you see their strengths, and focus on those rather than this ridic- ridiculously long term. Oh, he's not going to make it. No, we're seeing the seeds of what they can deliver yep. at the moment as they find their feet. That just takes time. Well, other people will go. Oh, is he going to be an A plus grader and a star of the game? Well, very few players are. Few, how many are exactly right? You know, uh, you, you mentioned Jacob Weedering. I thought a real uh, shout out is um, owed to our defence, particularly early in the contest when they were at their most cohesive. Um, they had a couple of guys come out with you know Marchbank got a bit of a knock. Uh, Plowman later on got a knock, but. Um, Guys, just an ankle guys ankle. are sort of managed in and out. But I thought particularly in the first two and a half quarters, um, you know, we kept a very free-flowing, attacking, high-tempo team to shots on goal is a really good indicator. It got out of hand as the game wore on. Yep. But kept them under wraps. We kept, yeah. And we put Charlie Kerno, not Charlie Kerno, Charlie Cameron uh, was manned up by Lockie Plowman again, who, yes. who you had palpitations the crafty with that matchup. <laughs> exactly right. From last year. That bag thought, of tricks, oh, Timbo. Like, oh. I mean, we keep talking about Lockie Plowman. He has no pace. His agility is poor. He doesn't seem to have a whole we'll put lot him of stamina. doesn't seem to have a whole lot of stamina. <laughs> yep. But he just seems he's got those octopus arms. He wraps you up. He makes himself awkward and he. You know, he gets the job done. And, and as you said, he's part of a core of very good players that are starting to... Um, gel. Gel. Form yeah, a nucleus. Yeah. yeah. thing with Plowman, and you guys obviously been at the ground, I don't know if you've subsequently seen the coverage. I have. That when Marchbank goes off, Plowman was on the ground the whole time. Mm. And all they kept talking about was Plowman being in the rooms, mm. being assessed. Plowman this, Plowman, Plowman's off. Plowman. I thought, it was just so frustrating. But the Plowman thing that and this is I don't want to assess Brisbane because we're not a Brisbane podcast but it could be when Charlie when Brisbane's midfield gets gets stifled and they're not running and they're not breaking lines they're predictable yeah very much so and Charlie Cameron's influence on the game and Pete and I were discussing it earlier in the week it's it's lessened significantly and early on when we had control of that midfield yeah, Charlie Cameron's still got plenty of the ball. Charlie Cameron's an All-Australian great player forward now, and he got off. He got one mark inside the forward fifty early. Just he just outruns. They kicked it to the fat plowman. Yeah, he's going to outrun everyone on the ground. Once the game broke open, and it's just a free for all, then Charlie's just off the leash. Yep, yep. So you look at that thinking, Charlie's kicked five plowmans had it. A shocking day. He was absolutely. Oh, this is going to sound funny. He was terrific. Yeah. Played well. And, and really look, well. and Cam Paulson was obviously trialed on him a little bit later, and Charlie got a couple sort of late-ish when you know, he was on a guy who, in his defence, he's not a small defender, and he's certainly can't fold his effort though. Again. No, 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 and he's certainly not at the level of a small defender you would 
put onto with a Charlie his tail Cameron. up and uh, yeah. and and a uh, and a midfield that can smell blood in the water. Um, obviously, I thought Liam Jones was excellent as excellent. well. Um, he's, he's reading of the plays, intercepting. I think there was a stat that he'd finished third in the. Uh, Marsh series for intercepts, yep. uh, which is a good return to form because we need him doing that. And Sam Doherty was better than he was last week, coming off that second run. Um, you know, it looks like he's easing back into it and, mm. and recapturing some. I don't touch. even think that he's easing. Is I think it. Oh, I mean, in terms of his between type games, form. it's just it's steps. It's like it's, yeah. like, it's strides forward. Uh, he's, um, I reckon, he's a month away from yeah Sam Doherty of. Hopefully. Two years ago. But we uh, don't need that player. That player's the I should bonus. should be handy. Yeah, no, 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 he, he, no, he's no, the bonus. That, like, as we've always said, I don't think we're getting the All-Australian Sam Doherty back. I would like to. But clearly the Sam Doherty... I haven't given up. Have you given up on that? I don't that? think I've ever said that. <laughs> oh, no, look, I want him. Absolutely. Well, I'm I, happy to go I to the tapes. That, <laughs> I want that player back. I'm just not expecting that player back. My expectation is a rung or two below. Well, particularly still not want that player, early in his return. But I think that's what we've got. Yeah. We're not going to have that early in his return, though, are we? No. 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 Um, another shout out. I'd like to give a, a short shout out and a little bit of a pers- bit of a temper that temper that enthusiasm. Tom DeConning, you know, came on and did some nice things. Yep. He had that really nice moment where he let up on the wing, quick hands to Murphy, ends up in the Levi goal, um, and that's what you want like a centre half forward to do. But let's just push, pump the brakes. Absolutely. Let's just pump the brakes. Where Tom is good, and he obviously took the nice mark on the beautiful mark around the ground. He can get involved. He's athletic. He's good below his knees. Very. Yes. Now, yeah, he takes a great mark on the line, kicks a goal. In a congested situation, his height is always going to see him in the play. Where he struggles and will struggle and where he's not ready is when he's playing forward and in a free-flowing situation where you need a forward structure to function and something to kick to. He's not there. The idea he's, not, he's, not, he's not at that level yet. The idea what of, is he? Well, the, I think... I think he's a ruck. He's a so ruck. The, the idea of playing him against Richmond, I think, is fanciful in so much that at the moment his form doesn't warrant it. And that's not a knock. I, 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 this guy's done some nice things and he's progressing well. We don't need to rush him. But I think that Richmond would almost be the worst team for him to come in and play against. A really well-drilled professional defence, I think, mm. would, would lead him a merry dance. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question? It may be overawed as yes. well. Ask away. I'm probably stepping out of sequence for the running sheet for tonight. Very potentially. Sean's but eyes will tell. The eyebrows might. But obviously Callum Moore has no, been signed to the rookie list. Yes. We need structure up forward. He knows Richmond. He's been delisted by Richmond. He hates Richmond. He has a vendetta against <laughs> this, Richmond. This is, this is where I'm coming <laughs> from. This is the is he the guy? Is he the guy that gets the gig from a structure perspective that we might just that one extra bigger body and, and just say... Play a bit angry, buddy. Potentially, but mm. I wouldn't. It may be reactive. Yeah, potentially. But but if you're gonna sign him, why this week? If I'm a betting man, I get what you're saying. I just think he's beaten out the other candidates. I think well, one tore the hamstring yeah. off his bone. Look, prior to this week, I was certain... he actually Lucas Webb uh, signed with the Northern Blues. Did see that yeah, too, which is good news I, for him. I actually thought we would not use. This selection now, I, I thought we would keep it and keep you, it for mid season. In mid season, I, I I thought we'd probably seen enough to say thanks, guys. Come play down at Northern. We'll continue to watch you. You do enough. We'll give you a gig. I think early days we made the comment that maybe Callum Moore might be the guy that'll get the gig because of the lack of tools and options up forward. Whether that remains the decision or not, I don't quite know. But interesting anyway. Food no, for thought. Totally agree. Any more shout outs before we move to the RFIs? 
I think you've covered off everything that I wanted to say. That's what we wanted to hear. Excellent. Um, Moving on to room for improvements. And then these aren't, we're not trying to be super critical, but just little things we noticed. Obviously, one name getting a whole lot of attention, which is a bit premature, is Mitch McGovern. And the reason we're back-to-backed him with Tom DeConning is because Tom DeConning is the one people are championing to take Mitch's spot in round one. Um, McGovern is so underdone. (laughs) He's so rusty that that game was a blowout. Without a you doubt. need to get out, you need to just run around, get that intensity, get the fucking heart rate up. Well, let me ask a couple of questions. Fabian, you came to training with me. What was Mitch McGovern doing? He was running the boundary. Correct. What was Mitch McGovern not doing? Playing football. What did it look like on Sunday that Mitch McGovern hadn't been doing enough of? <laughs> Playing football. <laughs> what were the, Like, if, if he was required to run up and down the boundary line half a dozen times oh, during mate. the game, he'd have been BOG. Absolutely. That's they what he's been doing. He, he Brody Kemp, and, uh, yeah. and Harry Mackay would be... Uh, he you know, looked really, really rusty. And he looked like he needed to play some footy. Yeah, and this is what that, that kid and, out And what him. was the expectation given that he hadn't played footy? And particularly, you saw him as well. He actually was on and off a fair bit, so getting the rhythm of the game was a challenge as well. Totally. Like even if he did something really good and you went excellent work, like he actually had a nice chase down on Robbo, which we had in our highlights as well. But you sit there and go, you're probably off thirty seconds after that, so yep. it's not like you can capitalise on. Okay, I'm in this now. All right, let's go. Mm. Let's and I've always one. said Mitch McGovern is such a smart footballer, and he understands how he can impact the game when he doesn't have the football. And his defensive efforts and the way that he positions himself is fantastic. He will make us a better team just being on the ground when the touch and everything else and the jump and the, the timing comes. Now that he's fit, he, he'll be fine. David Teague, when the questions were raised about Mitch McGovern earlier in the week, he was actually taking away from the you know the key statistics. You know, Don't worry about your disposals, your kicks must. There's a lot of stuff off the ball and structure-wise that they were very happy with what Absolutely. Mitch produced. So for mine, I reckon Mitch is still the favourite to start round one. Oh, it's an absolute lock. It is, it, like, there is absolutely no question that he is not running out against Richmond in round one. And I think, Unless he gets coronavirus. The, <laughs> the pre-season has basically put any... You know, notion of a cruiser pit net combination with I was a cruiser bit surprised playing for it's never yeah. been tried. But I was a bit surprised by not playing pit net and giving him a hit out on the weekend um, at, at the senior level because yep. I, I, I'm pretty sure he played in the Northern Blues game. I didn't see too many dispatches about it. I was obviously Williamson played, Samo played. I was going to say there was more O'Brien. His O'Brien resurfaced after his two-week absence. No one had cited the guy. Maybe he's had a fourteen-week self-isolation. <laughs> maybe, <period. laughs> um, but well, Fabian's given the eyes. Maybe, but uh, Who knows? so I'm not sure what Pitnet was doing. But that was probably a little one where I thought, oh, it would have been good to see him get a hit out and a run out against Steph Martin, who you know Tim put the done line through. He put the fucking sharpie marker through Steph Martin last week. But he's still a big guy and yeah, would have been a good opposition. He competed, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, one of the other guys too, not, once again, we don't want to be too critical, but I thought that Will Setterfield had no issues finding the ball. It was just a few little things, you know, his disposal. He, he was the man kicking us to half forward, kicking us to inside 50 or, or putting that really important kick in. And his radar was just a bit askew. For a guy that's lauded for that, that obviously needs to become his strength. Yep. And when he's got the footy, it's finding a target. Yeah. Just, Everything we loved about Martin. Yeah. You know, that disposal efficiency that it just wasn't there for He was him. getting involved though. Like he yeah. was, you know. And that's when we had that 
that dominance in play, when the dominance of possession, when we were out, it's just those little extra bits. No doubt. But it's also a guy that's played 20 games versus a guy that's played 70 games. Oh, no, totally, totally, totally. Probably more, probably 90 in the case of Jack Martin. Yes. Um, another guy in the midfield who's interesting, uh, I think Matt Kennedy played in that Northern Blues game. And I've got a, a quandary, I've got a question for you. Now, Kennedy is obviously in a bit of a limbo. Is Do they use him as a forward, particularly in light of Harry and Charlie's absences? He is a midfielder. If you're Matt Kennedy and you're feeling, look, I'm sort of on the fringes here, I'm out of contract at the end of the year. You know what I'd do if I was him? I'd go, give me a month in the Northern Blues as the number one on-baller. Extractor. And if my form warrants promotion before the end of the month, or whatever the situation is, just give me a month where I know I'm rocking up to Kramer Street Oval, going, I'm the number one, I'm the Crips of this team, I'm the, the bull, that's my role. 100% 100% game time. You know, we'll see when he's not having a rest. But, and I thought just to say, here's the flag in the ground that, I oh, yes, I can do this because whilst he had some nice, you know, showings last year late as a forward, that's a, that's a Band-Aid. Well, it's... For it's him, the, for the him career-wise. It's string to the bow to say, and I can do this. Yes. But his primary role has to be clearance. I just beast. think he's been sacrificed. Yeah. Even against Fremantle, you see... Gibbo gets the opportunities for a lot of midfield minutes. And whilst Kennedy went in there, he was, well, we need we need that big body up forward. Whereas Gibbo's not a big body. so But we also needed run. And we needed two-way yeah. running. And I love Matt Kennedy, but I just don't think you get enough of it. It was more the Freo game Fab brings up is a really good point in that, particularly with Cripps out, you thought this is an avatar mm. yeah, to sit there and go, go and play that role. We're not expecting you to be Patrick Cripps. But the big body, bull of the contest, extractor, as Tim says, and to be that guy that's driving us out of the stoppage and to not be given that opportunity and to be played as a forward, particularly in a pre-season game, I was sort of like, oh, that's a weird one. Mm. I would have liked him to have been handed the reins a bit in the same way that you know Fisher and Walsh were given them in against Frio and did a good job of it. Could it have been deliberate? Potentially. I mean... Uh- we speak a lot about Paulson getting opportunities. I think he gets a, he, the opportunities he does ahead of not necessarily O'Brien at the moment, but certainly players like Dave Cunningham purely because of training standards. Yeah. I, I guess after the games that I've seen, I don't know that we've shown... I don't think we've shown our hand. Hopefully not. I, 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 re, I reckon... <laughs> if we would have won it. We're, no, sitting, no, we're, no, sitting, no. On, we're sitting on a seven and a two. <laughs> Off but, suit. <laughs> Shit. But, but I think we're yeah. I, I think I think we've trialed. I think we've looked like a team that's been trying a few things out, and and we're not necessarily seeing everybody in position one eight yep. every single time. So I I just think there's a lot more to see, and and I think they will have they can't have not trained with Matt Kennedy in the midfield. Like they mm. that's what you yeah. recruited him even, to do. He looks a... fit. He looks good. There's got to be a time when they're going to be throwing him in there. And it's got to be... The one thing that we haven't seen this year that we saw a lot last preseason was Paddy Cripps pushing forward mm. and being a target up there. So if he is going to be up there, then surely it's Matthew Kennedy. And wouldn't you take the... But maybe we know, we know that scenario. Maybe that's something that's locked away. We don't, yeah. we don't need to see it again in match simulation, but we know what that looks yep. like. Yep. Preseason's about... Trialing stuff that we don't know what. Correct. You know, you know, like you know, football's about challenges and about finding the, the cause to get behind from a, you know getting the players and the groups up you know individually and collectively. 
and Tim, you make an excellent point. I'm sure they've done this. We're just, you know, waxing about it. But wouldn't you go to a guy like Kennedy and say, at training, at match sim, whatever, you're going head-to-head with Cripps? Bloody earth. Going, this is the test. Well, it's a, it's it's the test that Cripper needs yes. to have a big body going up against him as well. But it's also the opportunity for Kennedy to get better. Yep. And this is what he's framed himself to be for the last five years of his career. I mean, that's why you're at Carlton is because you want to get better with this guy around you. So, mm. And Cripper... He's a man mountain, but he may miss games. And if he is missing games, we need somebody else to maintain the same structure and the same game style. So Matthew Kennedy, come on down. Probably the other concern, and it's hard to read too much into this, Tim, you know, following on from what you said about structure and the like. Without Harry and Charlie, it's very difficult to know if what we're doing is cause for concern in transition. Some of those kicks, yes, are sloppy and the like. We currently don't have players of Charlie and Harry's ability and potential to turn a 60-40 ball or a 50-50 ball in our favour yeah. or to you know, negate a 40-60 ball. At the moment, it's if the kick isn't lace-out perfect, which we saw a couple of times Jack Martin hit Jack, obviously that uh, did it, Fisher hit Casbolt. We had a couple of good ones going back and just mark, mark, kick goal. That transition is a concern. But will it get better once the pieces... Well, when the per- once once when we're the more structurally, yeah. structurally sound. I just think that when Levi is hope. caught up in a sequence of play, is there no longer that next kick? Levi's so got to kick it to Levi, yeah. yeah. You know what the thing is too, like with McGovern and Levi, what we haven't been able to see really under Teague at all is that they're the guy that you can't contain because your first and second defenders are watching more dangerous players. Yep. So they're more dangerous because you or can't two on one. On, you're not going to put, up especially this. Mitch. Mitch is meant to be the get get off the hook, yeah, forward. Like you're not committing if Charlie and Harry are in the team, and like a Levi's in the team. Structurally, we are very tall, but you're not committing your number one man to Levi. And Mitch McGovern's got speed. Yes, like he really covers. And the if you're not quickly. committing your number one man to Levi, I don't think you can stop him in the air. And that's, that's the thing we just haven't been able to have a look at. What heartens me longer term is David Teague achieved more with lesser personnel. And we haven't really been able to see a full complement Carlton under his stewardship. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, and then lastly, oh, I feel like I'm shooting Bambi. I put the tweet out after the game. I put it out. You're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. People have got to accept it. And this is like Cade Simpson has been an outstanding servant of the Carlton Football Club. That is not for debate. It is a matter of record. It is fact. Did we retire the wrong guy? I think we did. I, I think we did. I think we did. I think we did, but I, I still think whoever played, I still feel like you're just marking time a little bit. We, Absolutely. We, we haven't seen Samo in the preseason because of the quad injury. I hear you, Sam. I feel your pain, mate. We, we, we've got <laughs> we've got the the taste of Tommy Williamson back. Yeah, Obviously, we, Newman's recruit, there, Doherty's there. Yeah, I, I, you just look at the numbers, you look at the personnel, you look at the age, you look at where we're heading and what we're wanting to be, and you're kind of saying, well, Cade, love everything you've done. Keep doing it 110%. Every single time you get on the ground, you're a smart enough footballer to know what it takes at any one point in time. But I just he's think... Ga- he's going to be rested... There's going to be games he's not going to play, and from a team balance perspective, there'll be there'll be weeks where I reckon he's, he's out of the team. I reckon he's out of that twenty-two a lot sooner than people realise. It's I, up I, to I players like Tommy Williamson surprised. to 
force him out. Head down and just and just blow past him. And this him. is, again, you don't want to be nasty And if he's it. not, well, what, what, what that, do you want him out you, of doing? You and Tim are big, big NFL fans. NFL rosters are built on that competition of beating out the guy who's in your spot. Absolutely. And if you're in the spot, beating the other guy, not beating them off, but making sure they don't, get, don't take your spot. And like you'd almost be saying to a guy like Tommy Williamson, not as a disrespect to Kate Simpson because he's the custodian of that spot, but just going, that's yours if you want it. Yep. That spot is yours if you want to take it. If, if the way that we're setting up with Weedering back, with Newman back, with Doherty back, You've got enough leadership down there. Mm. Like you don't, you don't need Simpson for that. And we can find anyone to kick the ball out to a halfback flank Correct. to Mitch Robinson's and he's advantage. A, he's a very good kick. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a very good kick um, when he's on song. I don't know. That he's got the same leg speed that he had. He is as tough as nails, yep. though. So it's courageous. Yeah, it's courageous. And that's there, the thing that frustrates be, there'll me. There'll be a lot of things that he can still add and provide, but I think, I think as you sort of say, once upon a time, his name was inked on yeah. onto the game board. It, it's not inked anymore. You know, and it frustrates and, me. And that's better for Carlton. Oh, for sure. So, but it's, it'll be, it'll be an it'll be an interesting watch. The frustrating thing is that Simo, you know, the little warrior and all that stuff. Like he'll do, you know, he had a poor game on Sunday, and if he has another poor game next week or the like, he'll do some kind of effort, courageous, back with a flight or a smother or a spoil, which will buy him some credits for another month, in the eyes of a lot of people. And I think it's. It's coming to the point for me where it's it's an easy decision to sit there and go, maybe we go in another direction. Australia won an Ashes series not playing Mitchell Stark a lot because he wasn't the right guy, and yet some people still considered him the best bowler. Well, in he the should world. have played ahead of Stark in the fifth, um, uh, Siddle in the fifth test. Yeah. That was laughable. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, so that's uh, the wrap up, obviously, of last you Sunday's game. See for that. Done and done. Uh, waiting, waiting. Uh, congratulations to the girls, by the way. We obviously it's, we're not a cricket podcast, but um, the girls won the T Twenty World Cup. Mm, um, very good. In our I thought s- you meant the AFLW girls. We're going to get onto them there. in a minute, but um, no, the, the Australian girls obviously super effort uh, in front of a massive crowd. Absolutely steamrolled the Indians. We were following it at the game on Sunday, and it's always good when those big finals come along and it's just put down your glass over. Pretty yeah, early. I was I was not big, aware of what was final, going on in a big final. You want to bat first. I know you nothing bat, about you want to bat first every time you play. But um, just unless like, it's a really seeming swimming swinging deck, <laughs> even if it's a low target, it's just score on the board. That, that, that's right. There's, there's something there, and if you start to lose early wickets, because if you look at, I know nothing about cricket. Why are we talking? I, well, just a no, short but when you look at the worm, out. when you look at the worm, even when India lost wicket, like they were, the worms weren't too dissimilar. The worm well, was shit out. They needed fourteen runs no, over no, after saying, about six. If you look at it early on, but then you start to because you don't have the score on the board, the, the task seems to get. Bigger and bigger and bigger. The game was over after about three overs. Did you happen to uh, catch the under-14s Belnaring Rye match this week? This might surprise you, Tim. Uh, No, (laughs) I missed that one. Well, I think they played out. Rye were unbeaten for the year and and they batted first and scored 114. And Belnaring were two for 113. How do you even know this? It was in the paper. Uh They were two for 113 with 17 overs So they needed two to win. They needed two to win. They didn't win. <laughs> right, right took eight for none and won the game by a run. That's, that's unforgivable. It, it is, isn't it? I would retire after that good quad or not. But again, I'd say I'm never playing again. That first. <laughs> no, totally agree. Um, obviously, our highlights of the round, we're going to put these together week to week. And in the season proper, they will sort of build towards a goal of the week. Competition. Goal of the month, goal of the year. It's a way of us to track it and 
and obviously put oh, together no, an award. Yeah, award, a way to put yeah. together obviously marks, goals, and, and other important moments. So from the uh, first round, which is just pretty much a test round, really, uh, Paddy Dow's um, kick to Eddie, and Eddie's goal was our goal of the day. Our mark of the day was Levi Casbolt's pack mark. I was a bit surprised Jack Martin's one-handed sort of slips catch. The Mark War special. Yeah, I was a bit. That didn't get a whole lot of the votes. Of unbelievably skillful Mark, um, and then uh, Fish his tackle on Lockie Neal. The rundown won the one percent of the week. I was even more staggered that Cruz's run back with the flight didn't even get a vote. Didn't get a vote. Didn't get a single vote. <laughs> Not even Mrs. Cruiser voted for him. Get on it, Mrs. Cruiser. Mr. Cruiser, any cruiser. Yep. Um, so we're going to keep a track of those throughout the course of the year, obviously when the season proper starts and kind of build towards some polls uh, to keep an eye out for on Twitter. I'm going to move now on to Tim's top 10. Now, Timbo, we're going to update the viewers, listeners, I should say, very quickly on what your 10 was in the pre-pre-season. Yep. Uh, you had Jack Martin at 10, Zach Fisher at nine, Liam Jones at eight, Murphy at seven, Cruiser at six, Mackay at five, Walsh at four, Weedering three, Charlie Kerno at two, and Patrick Cripps, of course, occupying first spot. Now, have we seen movement in the top ten? Do I need to make more graphics? You need to make more graphics. Shit. Uh, fortunately, you only need to make one more. Excellent. That's but a good result. would I'm... you believe I only have one player in the same position that he started the season oh, at. So, so I there, get to use all my arrows? There and... has been movement galore. Yes. The graphic designer in Sean is just... I made uh, some little arrows and stuff to indicate who's moved up and down. This is great. This is great. Alrighty. So 10, give me one second, sorry. Give me one second. I've gone to the wrong tab. Uh, wonder if you can pad for time if you want to save my ass. No. Well, 10, of course, as I said, was Jack Martin. Who is 10 now? Okay, 10 is Matthew Cruiser. And Matthew... Cruiser slipped from six. He's gone from six to ten, but look, he hadn't played. He'd had the heart injury, the heart, heart injury, I- <laughs> the heart issue. <laughs> um, so we obviously haven't seen as much of him as we'd like. Oh, I, I, and I think when we when we set the the top ten up to start off with, we kind of talked about full list, everybody injury free, value to the team, importance, all those sorts of things. Now that we're getting into real footy, if you don't see them and you don't see them doing their best, I think the recency bias well, look, takes over a little bit. This is Tim's top ten. Tim's name, top ten. The name should tell you everything. Tim is, is a man unto himself. It's a moving feast. Absolutely. And so, right now, Matthew Cruiser is at ten. Okay. Okay. Who's at nine? At nine, we welcome Sam Doherty to the top ten. Doc. There was a lot of conjecture when he wasn't in a lot there of to people start were, off with. A lot of people weren't happy. So maybe there's a little bit of credibility that comes back with the top 10 now that uh, Doc is in. At number eight, uh, unsurprisingly, probably one of our best pre-season performers thus far, young Jack Martin. He's gone has, up one. Has moved up to eight. Actually, I've just I've, I've led you a furphy here. There is two players that have maintained their position so because Mark Murphy started the season in seven and he's currently in seven. We actually we missed him when he uh, obviously withdrew from you know the, the game on Sunday night. He, his participation obviously waned in the second half. Very uh, much so. With minutes and understandably you just miss him being out there. Just quality, run, polish, all that sort of stuff makes us a better side. He's, he's out is there. he a co-ambassador for the, uh, the Grand, Grand Prix? Prix? Yeah. He was. So spending a lot of time at Albert Park. Stay away from pit lane, Mark. Fifteen hundred yes. people have coronavirus. Correct. Correct. Uh, in sixth, uh, we have Harry Mackay. Is that sorry? Is that sixth. Sixth. <laughs> He, we have Harry Mackay, obviously hasn't been playing, has been training back in work. Hopefully he's not too far from playing, so but he will make one. us a better side. But again, if he's not playing, there might be a little bit more of a slide in Harry. Yep. 
before he gets back up to his dizzying, dizzying heights of five at the start of the season. <laughs> Led the competition in contested marks last season. At one point in yeah, time, one yes. Point in time, yeah. Yep, early on. Before early his on. groin was shot. <laughs> uh, in five, um, got Charlie Kerno again. Slid a little you bit. Know, he's still there. We're still, yeah, you know, we're still mindful of what Charlie can do. But I again, suppose it's one of those um, like his injury time frame. It just keeps. Pushing out. Pushing out. I think that, to be honest with you, the more we see of the team without him, I understand why he's in there. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. That's the, that's the rationale. The difference that he can make. In four this week, we have our biggest mover of the week. Excellent. Who is it? Liam Jones. Wow. Moved from eight to four. Dominant performance down back. Lots of intercepts and breaking up play. He was he really rebounded and, that's and a big was bolt. very, very important to us. Dominant display down back, I thought. Uh, in three... We have uh, Sam Walsh. Yeah, okay. Vision, skill, run, everything. everything you could possibly want. Is he 20 yet? Is he still 19? Sam Walsh? Yeah. Uh, you'd have to be 20, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't even, I'm not, not even sure why. He's awfully close anyway, but he could still be a teenager. Um, so he moved up one spot, as did our number two, Jacob Wietering. One on one, Dan back. <laughs> Been almost unbeatable. Love what he's done when he's been playing, and I've banged on for a while saying what I'm anticipating. I'm going to see this year, and I've seen nothing to think otherwise. So you're you're telling me, Timbo, that your number one is Cam Paulson? No, I am not. Dave Cunningham? No, I am not. Finbar? Finbar did not get a gig. Darcy no. Lang? <laughs> Stop it. Ben Silvani? <laughs> We're still be, we're still running with Cripper, yeah. and uh, the comment I made to myself was just an animal. <laughs> the comment I made to myself. Well, you, did you have pants on when you made this comment? No, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually write down what an animal? Just an animal. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So there's Tim's top ten. So uh, Cruz in tenth, he's down four from the first uh, first running. Uh, Doherty is a new entry at nine. Jack Martin up one in eight. Mark Murphy retains his seventh. Mackay is down one in sixth. Charlie is down three in fifth. Uh, Jones up four to four. Uh, Walsh up one to three. Weedering up one to two. And Patrick Cripps uh, retains top spot in Tim's top ten power rankings. So the only apology was to Zach Fisher, who fell out. He came from ninth and is probably just oh, sitting on the fringe. Fish, good. But we haven't quite seen as, as the, the devastating impact that I'm expecting to see. Probably haven't quite seen as much. And I again, liked what we got from Fish in so, a couple look, of games. I didn't hate it. He's I didn't hate down. it. But then, you know, again, I think Zach Fisher, the weapon and the guy that opens us up and keeps on move, moving. Let's see a little bit more. Let's see him do it against Richmond and maybe a game breaker. He might find his way back in there. Love it. Uh, obviously, on to AFLW to close us out. The girls had another super win. Um, tight early. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I think, were you talking about it last week that we could, they, they, the Saints might emotionally be a little yes. bit drained? And it wasn't. We... we we got the better of them as the game rolled on and were able to get the break, maintain the break, mm. and see out a pretty comfortable win in the end. But another super display, really. Uh, Sarah well, Hosking was excellent. Very, very good. We were tested. Yes. There yeah, were times. Yeah. Which and then, credit to St Kilda. For and St Kilda that. did a couple of times when we you know, we worked hard to get a goal, and unfortunately they just got quick yes, replies. Yes, they answered quickly. They answered very, yep. too quickly. And um, so they did put, up, did put up a fight, but I th- thought... It's, it's arguably our best, besides the Adelaide game, our best overall performance. I just think everyone, we're humming. They're a the pretty moment. good unit at the moment, aren't we're they? We're humming at the well, moment. We're a percentage and a game inside the three yes. in our conference, and it, it is a little bit of a logjam uh, in there. Melbourne, uh, sorry, Fremantle are obviously a perfect five from five. Melbourne are four from one like we are. 
Collingwood sit behind us uh, three and two. Um, and then the other the other teams there, the Bulldogs and Kilda on West Coast, you can draw a line through, I think, to, to challenge. Obviously, with only three games to go, they would have to be... Well, they actually can't make it, really, because they'd have to be absolutely perfect. And I don't think that's mathematically possible that would uh, displace either us or the Bulldogs. Um, or Collingwood, sorry. Mathematically, I think, of Louis Van Hull struggling with the... The mecca, 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 mecca. <laughs> Good side. In a press conference, it was hilarious. <laughs> but obviously a huge game this week for the girls. Saturday evening play Melbourne. Yes. So the winner of up this... At, up in Darwin? Darwin, I think. Yeah, so the winner of this is playing finals. Yes. Pretty much. Yes. Uh, the, with the two teams... Punch your ticket this weekend. With the two teams level. Um, so it's another great opportunity, another huge, huge stakes game. Having said that, the following week we do play West Coast at home and West Coast are battling badly yep. so uh, that's an opportunity there if, if there is a bit of a slip up but look the girls have been playing super super well um, and doing everyone proud and you know Melbourne no pushover so it'd be, it'd be another tough outing for him this week absolutely agree go Blues that's it yeah I, I just well, what else do you want me to add to it I don't know I thought we might give someone a wrap up we did get another rising star this week yes who was it uh, it was Grace Egan was the previous yes. week yes and this week it was oh Drawn a blank on her name. Um, wasn't Georgia G? No, she's excellent though. Yes, it's funny, isn't it? Where like she, Georgia G's like every Carlton fan's favourite player. She was the one who was picked nine, I reckon. She was our second draft pick for the year, and I've got an absolute mental blank. Help us out here. For, for yeah, no, I, I I can picture her, but I just can't think of it. You're not looking it up. I thought you were looking it up. I thought you'd be looking it up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, but anyway, making for good radio. Do they, um, obviously the third boy was saying nominated, uh, Charlotte Wilson. There we go. I knew it was Charlotte something. I couldn't get the surname because the club sent out a Starlet Wilson email. I gotcha. was like, Charlotte yes, something. That's right. Um, I do like the idea, and, and, and obviously two players get nominated for the Rising Star given the truncated Each season. Week, yes. I love that idea that in, I think I mentioned it on pod last year, in AFL circles, um, say, who's an example? I don't know which one of our players would be eligible this year. Say a Brody Kemp's fully fit, and he comes out in round one and has a really good game. But uh, Isaac Rankin has a really good game as well for Gold Coast. Just nominate them both. Yeah, I agree. Don't play catch up. Just sit there and go, no, nah, this is the game you got nominated for because it was an excellent game. We've always said it because it cost Mitch Robinson because his debut yeah. game against Richmond was phenomenal, uh, and he absolutely deserved the nomination. And they gave it to Daniel Rich, and Daniel Rich had twenty, kicked a couple of goals, did what Daniel Rich does. And they gave the award to him, and it's sort of no, like... he was always going to get a nod. Well, for a bloke that's been picked 40 to have that game, yeah. you know, under lights on a Thursday night, I thought that was better than a bloke who's already been playing senior waffle footy, who, as you said, at pick seven or whatever he was, he was always going to get, you know, that sort of a performance mm. up on the board throughout the year. So, um, well, I like that. always I like... frustrated me, because Mitch never got another chance to be able to show I, I love it how that was... 11 years ago, and Tim's like, yeah, I'm still stupid like about it was that. yesterday. Mitch Robinson didn't get that nomination for the Rising Star. Well, just, yeah. Kick three? I think he did. Kicked a beautiful goal from the pocket, from Fab's pocket at the uh, Ponsford stand end. <laughs> beautiful goal running in. Um, Fab's, that's it, you're done? Happy for us to wrap up? I'm happy for us to wrap up. I want to hear a bit of talkback radio. <laughs> so, so basically, just to set up before we say, uh, bid you adieu. The idea was listening to SEN, as I'm sure most people or a lot of people who listen to this might do on a day-to-day basis. Um, Alistair Clarkson's uh, thoughts on opening the game up got a lot of traction in Melbourne today and sp- uh, spurned, you know, was, um, 
like an hour and a half worth of the most inane talkback you've ever heard in your life, <laughs> where people ring in and you know all you got to do to fix a problem is this and. Uh, the solution is simple and they're all nonsense. It's all rubbish. And one after the other could be absolutely... Oh, they, and they become... They contradicted each other. Become, one said you have to do A and the next one yeah. you have to do B, which is absolutely complete opposite to and, what A and was. you've also got the sense too of like, as the conversation wears on, it just becomes a forum to for people to ring in with anything they want to change about the game. Yeah. Not relating to the topic at hand. Any grievance or gripe they have with the game gets brought up and it's just nonsense. And I thought listening... Just to, to, to put context in perspective, if we were to frame Alistair Clarkson's quote in a different way, how silly it sounds. But because it's Alistair Clarkson, respected, revered super coach. Genius. 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 Clarko, Clarko put the AFL world on notice. But if you hear it through a different, you know, or see it through a different lens or hear it through a different, you know, uh, gramophone. Ramblings of a madman. It, it sounds considerably <laughs> different to the way it did when he, he spoke in the in the, in the first asking. Um Thank you very much for listening, as always. Uh, next week, obviously, we might be into it. I don't know. We might, might be to, in self-isolation. We may, may, have to, <laughs> may have to be recording this via phone. Um, so we'll wait and see, obviously, the news as it breaks. Uh, potentially, who knows? I think it's pretty 50-50 as to whether or not um, the Tigers and the Blues are pitting wits at this time next week. But we will wait and see. For Fabian Fabaganoush. For Tim Coach Davis. Always a pleasure. And for me, Sean Peterach, thank you very much for your time. We'll catch you next week, maybe. All I'm saying, if we all got it, like a chicken pox party, then we've all got it and we can all go to the footy. Thank you very much for your call, Fabian. Be sure to ring again. Now we go out now to Alistair in Mulgrave now. G'day, Alistair, and welcome to the program. G'day, boys. How you doing? Very, very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Beautiful day today. So, um, yeah, just... Uh... Took my son to uh, his tennis practice this morning. Early, early start for him, and uh, we're looking at the uh, look at the sunshine in the in the distance, about to come up, and so it's only a week to go, boys, <laughs> until uh, until the footy starts in earnest. So, absolutely, it's almost time. We're almost there. You're Hawthorne man, uh, being out Mulgrave way. How'd you see the preseason? Yeah, our, our form was a little bit indifferent. You know, we were, we were in both games, both played the Saints down at Moorabbin and. Um, then, strangely enough, we backed up with another game against the Saints down at Morwell. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't look. Don't be too disheartened. You will have to be quick now. We are coming up on the news. You had a point to make about how the game is played these days. No, no bugger can score anymore. My first recollection of really genuinely falling in love with the game was a, a Richmond v Fitzroy game, the first game in 1977, I think it was. And, the, and I remember a, a game in 1989 at Princess Park when. Hawthorne played Geelong and it was 172 to 163. Now we're, we're lucky to have 163 points scored by both teams now. But does, does high scoring necessarily equate to an entertaining match? That would be my question to you. Uh, what would you do to bring back the high scores? Um, but we probably have to consider pulling some levers of the game. You know, one of the charters of the game, I think, is that we said we wanted to retain 18 v 18. I can remember the old VFA when they did have 16 a team and look up the results of the VFA because, you know, there was, there was full forwards kicking 15, 18 goals a game. And it was just like, you know, some, it's, going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how the game evolves, but I think it's probably going to need a correction. I'm so sorry, Alistair. We are hard up against the news. I'm going to have to stop you there, but thank you for your call. Now we go to Timbo in the newsroom. Timbo, take us away.